welcome to the College Student Success Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping college students with mental health issues set and achieve goals for themselves to get them where they want to be. I am your host, Derek Malinzak, and this is episode 36 of the podcast. All right, guys, week six of the semester. So last week we had done a one-third of the way check-in. And that means that uh, the halfway point is quickly approaching, and that means midterms for many of you are almost here. Uh, So one thing I wanted to talk about is planning to study for midterms. Hopefully you have been studying all along, as we've talked about. There are many of the different strategies that have been discussed on the podcast as an effort to get people to not study at the last minute, to have the study process be an ongoing one. And some of the things we talked about in order to do that are creating uh, flashcards, doing the weekly review, uh, doing a check uh, review of the notes that you take the day after, you know, up to two days after. So these are some of the things that we've talked about are ways to kind of keep up with the studying on a week in week out basis as opposed to cramming. Sometimes, though, you do need a study plan, a specialized plan just to get you through the preparation that you're going to need for that one, in this case, exam. So let's talk about what would go on a study plan for a midterm exam. One of the things, the most important thing I think that you could possibly want to get is what is going to be on the exam, as much information as you can get. Some professors, unfortunately, do not want to give this info out. I think that's kind of shitty. Uh, I'll at least tell people, you know, what are the types of questions that are going to be on the exam? Or should they be preparing for multiple choice, short answer, essay, that kind of thing? Because the way you study for different exams or different types of questions varies. So knowing what is going to be on the exam in in terms of types of questions as well as what content is going to be covered. You don't have to worry probably too much about cumulative versus non-cumulative unless you've already had a major exam. If you've had a major exam, you want to ask, is this midterm going to just cover since that major exam, or is it going to cover everything from the beginning of the semester? Know what's going to be on the exam, most important thing. Then you're going to want to list everything that could be on the exam. So you know, is it just a textbook? Is it PowerPoints, uh, videos that you're going to need to watch, uh, that vocabulary words? So where are you drawing? What sources are you drawing upon? Are there articles that were assigned that have to be read? Is that going to be on the exam? So make a list of everything that you're going to need to study. And then you're going to want to go through and cross off the areas that you may have already put in a decent amount of effort. Again, the goal here is hopefully you're not going to have to review every single thing that you've learned this entire semester for this course in order to prepare or study for this midterm. So you're going to cross off the areas that you already know well enough. And then that leaves the parts that you don't know or understand. That's what you're going to kind of heavily feature in this time period between when you create the study plan and when the midterm is finally here. Once you have that list of the things that you're going to have to really spend a good amount of time on, the things that are either really hard to understand or you just haven't gotten to learn yet, try to estimate the amount of hours you're going to need. You know, if you can, maybe what I used to teach students was if you if you want to know how quickly, you know, you read, to just use a timer. So, you know, start reading, set a timer, 
you know, see how long it takes you to read five pages and then extrapolate or 10 pages to get a, a baseline reading. So you're going to want to estimate, and it doesn't have to be a great estimation. You know, that's what makes it an estimation. Estimate the amount of time you're going to need in terms of hours. Compare that to the remaining days that you have to, t to study. So if you have a week, you got seven days, great. If you got two weeks, even better, right? You're going to have to do less each day. There's some days you may not be able to do anything because you still have the rest of your life to live. <laughs> so compare it to your remaining days and then your current calendar and what that looks like. You know, are you bogged down with work right now or do you have something else going on? Look at it and see when you're going to be able to fit those blocks of study time in. Keep those blocks small, no more than an hour at a time, guys. You know, you're not Superman. And the second hour that you block out isn't going to be spent as efficiently as the first hour. So don't bother. You could be doing something else. 80-20, this son of a bitch, right? We're talking about the Pareto principle. And if you don't know what that is, give it an old Google. <laughs> or look back on some of the previous episodes where I talk about it. So then it's just up to you to learn it, right? However that might be, it might just be repetition, what you need. Drill and practice, right? I got to go over this if it's vocabulary words or like a foreign language exam. Other things, if it's concepts, you need to understand, you know, make use of office hours, outside resources online that can teach you this shit. Uh, classmates that are really smart and know what they're doing, study groups, whatever it is, it's going to be depend upon the actual, the, the, the subject itself how you learn best, and what resources you have at your disposal. And my final tip, because this is supposed to be a quick tip, uh, don't study the night before, or should I say don't study all night the night before. Your time is better spent sleeping and getting into a good, healthy, uh, alert mindset for the exam the next day. All right, so let's talk about our question of the day, and this comes to us from Reddit. And today we are going to be talking about increasing your chances of getting into a great grad school. So this comes to us from Jet045, and Jet writes, Hello, first off, thanks for taking an interest in my question. No problem, Jet. I understand admission into grad school is in a way similar to admission in undergrad school, but far more selective. I'm currently set to enroll, blah, 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 as an undergrad. A couple of days ago, I was rejected from this other school, but I'm content. I'm concerned about my future, though. I understand keeping up a decent GPA is very important for admission. Unfortunately, my GPA is 3.193. Uh, that's pretty good, I think, but anyway... I am an early college high school student. I have already completed my freshman sophomore years. My GPA will be hindered by my poor performance during my first two years of high school. Simply getting my GPA up to a 3.5 will be an uphill battle, but not impossible. Won't be able to climb much higher because of the amount of credits. He's already got 60 credits. So aside from my GPA, what are some other opportunities I could take to increase my chances of getting admitted into a great grad program? Thanks. I look forward to hearing from you all. And so there was only, well, now there's two responses. The, there was only um, one response when I picked this question, and it was an awesome response by I am a cool potato. <laughs> nice job, dude. Do some good research work and manage to get published in a good journal. Maintain a great relationship with faculty members so you can get a good recommendation letter. For more info on recommendation letters, look back to last week's podcast, as that was the question of the day for Reddit last week. 
maybe do some extra things that might look good on a grad school app, uh, et cetera, et cetera. My mentor did a lot of research as an undergrad. His paper was one of the most cited papers in a particular field. And then he went to MIT for grad school. So do good research work. So this is some advice I can get behind specifically for certain types of graduate schools, right? So any kind of science, if you are an undergrad and considering graduate school for psychology, med school, dental school, you know, any and all of those types of advanced degrees, I cannot recommend highly enough some kind of research experience. It doesn't have to be an internship. I know that's what a lot of students are looking for. It's like, ah, I got to get that internship. It doesn't necessarily have to be that formal. Some internships are really effing hard to get, right? Uh, and then they still don't pay. <laughs> uh, so sometimes you've got to think about your, how your time might be better spent. And if you know a, re a faculty member in your undergrad program and that you know they're engaged in research, chances are if you just ask them, hey, is there anything I could do to help out, they'll find something for you to do. Uh, so I know some schools have a more formalized volunteer process. I don't believe all schools have it. I know I'm getting some help right now informally from a student, and it's just because I asked them and they said, sure. And I, I specifically picked this student because I know that they are applying for grad schools and I just had a particular interest in them. They were a really good student, and I thought that, you know, I thought about when I was in school, undergrad, and how much it would have helped me to have a professor reach out and say, hey, you want to help me with this? And to be able to potentially put it down in your resume one day, potentially get onto an article, and that gets published. That's big. Um, that's what... Uh, graduate schools want to see these days, especially the bigger ones. There's an old saying, publish or perish, and it has never been more true, at least in my university. The focus is on scholarly output, so that is conducting research, getting research grants, and publishing your research findings. So I agree with I am a cool potato. Good job. Uh, get into some research doesn't have to be a formal internship, can just be something very informal where you're helping somebody, I don't know, do data entry. You know, that's kind of boring and not so much fun, but it's an easy way to garner some love from a particular professor and one day down the road it's going to come back and uh, reward you for that. So, good job. And so with that, I want to get into today's topic, and it's a topic I am really excited about. We're going to talk about grit today, and I thought it was a good topic to talk about. I first got exposed to it, I don't remember, but I remember hearing Angela Duckworth's name a few years ago, and then when I was interviewing, well actually when I was actually listening to the keynote by Dr. Dan Tomasulo who I interviewed a few weeks ago on the podcast, he brought Angela Duckworth and the concept of grit up in his keynote. And it was like this idea of like my world's colliding. I'm like, ah, I know I've heard that before and now I'm hearing it again. I must check it out. And I did. I checked it out her work and listened to her TED talk and think she's great. And I actually even reached out to her and her laboratory and tried and requested to interview her for the podcast. Unfortunately, I was... Uh, very graciously told that, you know, she's not available at this particular moment. So 
That's okay, Ms. Duckworth. I understand. Keep helping those people out there and learn more about grit so that you can, uh, you know, continue to have a positive effect on people. So I, it's interesting in terms, speaking of worlds colliding, I love it when I have an interest, you know, in something and I'll hear something, you know, about it. It'll be a trend in whatever field. And then you'll, you'll be listening or reading something completely different about a completely other discipline and the same type of trend gets brought up. I find this fascinating, and it, it always reaffirms to me that I'm on the right track with whatever it is I'm doing. So I've talked about my interest in baseball before, and a few years ago, the Arizona Diamondbacks, who are a baseball team, had a manager named Kirk Gibson, and he's a former player, and he was known as a gritty baseball player. You know, he, he didn't have the most talent in the world, but he tried really hard. And that there's something to be said for that, as, as we'll get into in a minute. And so when he became manager and the GM decided that their philosophy was they were going to surround this manager with players like him, they were going for an all-grit team. And so they, they went out and tried to acquire players that had a certain amount of, you know, what this, this term that got brought up time and time again when talking about the Arizona Diamondbacks. We wrote really gritty players. And one of them was, uh, one of them I know that was a Diamondback at the time that they ended up trading, it was sort of odd, is Adam Eaton. And he's an outfielder now with the White Sox. And he was sort of the personification of this ideal gritty player. And I'm sorry to say Mr. Gibson did not make it as a manager, and uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks have since moved on. But when I heard about this term again, and the attempts to quantify and measure it, I thought back to Arizona a few years ago, and I wondered how much they must have looked into Angela Duckworth's research. So... That was my passions colliding, is this learning about grit nowadays and thinking back to baseball. Um... Angela Duckworth is a professor at UPenn, and she has the Duckworth Lab, and they study the idea of grit. And so I thought it'd be cool to sort of mock interview Angela, since she's not here with us today, but I do have uh, an audio version of her TED Talk. So I'm going to play a few bits of that in sort of an interview form. So Welcome, Angela, to the College Student Success Podcast. Very happy to have you on the show today. I'm really excited to talk about grit with college students that have, you know, mental health issues, depression, anxiety, and whatnot. Uh, these people all kind of come together on our podcast to set a goal, a goal that might be something that's been hard for them to achieve in the past or just something they've always had on the back burner but never had the focus or motivation or drive to really put effort into achieving. And I thought you'd be a great person to talk about because the idea of grit, and from what I understand about it, is kind of hopeful in that the people that have the most amount of talent aren't necessarily the most successful people out there. So this idea of grit, I was hoping you could first introduce or maybe define what you see grit being. So what is the definition of grit? Grit is passion and perseverance for very long-term goals. Grit is having stamina. Grit is sticking with your future. Day in, day out, not just for the week, not just for the month, but for years. 
and working really hard to make that future a reality. Grit is living life like it's a marathon, not a sprint. I see. That is really interesting. Great. So what I'm interested to know then is what do you see as the relationship between talent and grit? What I do know is that talent doesn't make you gritty. Our data show very clearly that there are many talented individuals who simply do not follow through on their commitments. In fact, in our data, grit is usually unrelated or even inversely related to measures of talent. That's exciting, I think, because I think a lot of people, and and I'm talking about college students in this case, might not feel that they have the top talent out there and may not feel empowered to believe that they can go from being somebody that doesn't have a supreme amount of talent to somebody that has a ton of talent, right? I know we hear the adage of you know, practice, 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 but the fact of the matter is uh, some people are more naturally talented than others. So I guess my final question for you, Ms. Duckworth, is, is there a way that you think we can develop grit in ourselves to become more gritty as individuals? So far, the best idea I've heard about building grit in kids is something called growth mindset. This is an idea developed at Stanford University by Carol Dweck, and it is the belief that the ability to learn is not fixed, that it can change with your effort. Dr. Dweck has shown that when kids read and learn about the brain and how it changes and grows in response to challenge, they're much more likely to persevere when they fail because they don't believe that failure is a permanent condition. Great. Thank you very much, Ms. Duckworth. I really appreciate having you, quote unquote, on the podcast today. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed that. I am going to include a link to the entire TED Talk that Angela did, as well as some information about the growth mindset that Dr. Dweck, uh, she mentions this doctor in her final answer there. So if you want some more information, definitely check those out. The other thing on her website that I found particularly interesting is she's included a grit scale. So... It's got a bunch of statements, and this is the 12-item. They have a shorter one, an 8-item grit scale as well, that has statements, and you sort of identify the statement that most represents you. So it's in a question like, I have overcome setbacks to conquer an important challenge. Is this very much like you, mostly like you, somewhat like you, not much like you, or not like me at all? And so my interests change from year to year. If that's something, if that's a statement that's very much like you, My suspicion, I haven't actually taken the scale, is that this would indicate you're potentially less gritty than somebody whose interests stay fixed. But I'm not positive about that. Um, They ask about setbacks. They ask about how you identify as being a hard worker or not. Can you stay focused? So you do this, you take this grit scale, it's self-report, and then you score yourself Um, a certain number of points based on the statements. So if you're interested, I'm also going to include the link to that scale so you can uh, get an idea for yourself how gritty of an individual you are.
I think grit is really an interesting idea to think about. And I'm, I'm really glad I picked it this week because of my own progress with my own goal that I've, I've talked about periodically this semester. So one thing that, to kind of give you guys an update if you haven't been listening, I set a goal the same time you guys do in the beginning of the semester. So back in episode 31, I believe, uh, when we got back together this semester in early January, I set a goal. I talked about a project I was working on uh, and a goal of mine to create a course, an online course, about how to take online classes in college. So this was something that I've been working on pretty much since the beginning of the year. I took a, a week off right after the holidays that I really dedicated a lot of time to writing this, writing the content for this course. And I was pretty proud of myself because I got almost all of it done in that week off that I had from work. And in the week that followed, I, I got the little bit extra done. And it was a challenge, right? I had started off so strong. And by the end of the week, I was like, oh, I'm so glad it's almost done. And then to get that last 5% done was even more of a challenge. I'm sure somebody out there can relate to that feeling. So I got that far and then I got into doing the PowerPoint. So I took all the content that I wrote and sort of made PowerPoints so that when I do, which is the next step, a screencast that has me on video uh, sort of narrating the PowerPoints, it gives it some direction, some organization and some clarification. So it took a good amount of time to go through all the content that I wrote, organize it into modules, and then develop PowerPoints for those modules. And so I got through that, and then I hit a long time gap. You know, all I could say is I relapsed. (laughs) I was not working on this goal for the last two to three weeks and feeling pretty shitty about it, especially when I would record the podcast, because I'd be talking about setting goals and achieving them. In the back of my mind, I'm thinking to myself, damn, I'm really not achieving my own goal. I'm going to feel really shitty if at the end of the semester, I haven't done this because it, it, it doesn't give me a lot of credibility to be talking about how important it is to set a goal and all of the strategies that you can use to kind of keep yourself focused on your goal. And then lo and behold, my own goal doesn't actually end up getting achieved because I didn't stick to the strategies that I myself am advocating as being so fucking awesome, right? That would, that wouldn't really, I don't think you'd be feeling all warm and fuzzy at the end of the semester, would you? So, and that's, you know, sort of by design in a sense, you know, I'm doing the, my primary goal is to get this information out and to, to help people, but it's also, I do it for me too. I want to get this goal done. And I know if I put it out there to you guys, that there's a certain, um, certain amount of accountability at stake for myself to think every time I get tempted not to do something, I think back and I'm like, no, I got to do this because I said I was going to do it. And people are going to remember that. So with that said, I was, I was stuck with this major barrier of the next step in this process, which to me is taking all of the content that I wrote and all of the PowerPoints that I organized the content with and narrating them all in the form of screencast videos. And so I know I have to do this. The, the problem is I'm, and I also have a great strategy. I'm going to batch this and I really want to do them all in one shot, but that's got me very overwhelmed because it's going to be like 50 videos or something like that. And I don't have time to just sit down and crank out 50 videos. So I leaned on my supports. I, I net, I used my network. 
and in this case, the network, the, the main support is my wife. And I told her, I was like, listen, I need a favor. I need some time. I need a weekend all to myself to crank out these screencasts. And she's awesome. <laughs> so she's like, okay, sure. And kind of was already thinking, what I was saying is, do you want to do this at the house? Because I think what she was thinking was, I could see that being distracting for a number of reasons. You know, there's so many other things I could be doing in the house. Um, there's things that can take me away from whatever I had set out to do. And I experienced this working from home, right? You know, it's like, ah, oh, the laundry's piling up. Like, let me just throw a load of laundry in. And every time you do something like that, you're distracting yourself from whatever the main goal is. So I talked to her about what I saw was a good idea, which was to get a hotel room for the weekend and do all my screencast recordings offsite at a hotel. Um, and she works in a hotel, so that's helpful. Um, it's going to get me a good rate at a hotel locally in the area. And uh, in about a month, end of March, we are. I'm going to go for, on a Friday night and basically until Sunday morning, record, 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 get all these screencasts done so that I can get this course uh, up and running. So that's an update on the progress that I've been making in my goal. Uh, as I said, I, I made some really great progress in the beginning of this, of 2016, even before I had started backup podcasting for the semester. And then for the last two or three weeks, guys, I mean, I don't feel good about saying it, but I've really slacked off and relapsed and I, I can relate to the feeling if you guys are in a similar position of being like, ah, oh, I had such great ideas. I had such aspirations and plans to get this shit done. It's like, guess what? It's only week six. We still have nine more weeks. So let's let's bear down. We got shit to do. And let's get it done, right? So home exercise this week. We're getting up to midterms, as I mentioned, with our quick tip. Complete a study plan for the one midterm that stresses you out the most. So go back to what I talked about in the beginning there and follow up with your professor or read your syllabus, know what's going to be on the exam, list everything that could be on the exam, like the sources, textbook, videos, notes, PowerPoints, articles, etc. Cross off the areas that you know well enough already. Isolate the parts that you don't know well or don't understand, and these are going to be the ones that are potentially going to be most heavily featured on the exam. Estimate the amount of time you're going to need. Compare that to the amount of time that you have before the exam and your current calendar. So what is your, what are your needs looking like right now? And then get her done, you know, an hour a day, 45 minutes a day. Hopefully you're not doing more than an hour a day. If you're really, if you're really up against the deadline of your midterm, then you may have to do more. So that is your home exercise for this week. If your goal doesn't relate to school, I'd suggest you take a step back since we are close to the midpoint and see how you're progressing on your goal. You know, what I had said last semester was a lot of times you don't necessarily need the, the X on the pirate map of exactly where the treasure is so to speak. You just need to know the direction of the pirate treasure. So I know it's far off, but I know it's in a westerly direction. So every once in a while, it's t it's good to just lift your head up, look around and make sure, am I still going west? Yeah. Okay. I haven't diverted too far off my path. 
So if your goal does not relate to midterms or, or school success, or if you just don't have any midterms, just take a little, t- little extra time this week in assessing where you're at with your goal that you set six weeks ago, where you want to be in nine weeks. Are you on pace? Are you ahead of pace? Are you behind in your pace? And if you're behind, you know, think about what that might mean. And it doesn't mean you necessarily are going to not achieve it, right? Last week, I was really feeling bummed. Um, and I was actually going to talk about my lack of progress, but I was like, you know, let me just see if I can pull my shit together and, and have some better news to talk about next week. And it turned out I did. I haven't actually, you know, done the screencast, but I have the weekend blocked off. I have the support of my network. You know, I'm going to have my son's needs met. Things are going to get done without me. And it's actually reinvigorated me. It's got me looking at the PowerPoint again. It's got me thinking about, okay, I have a month now. What do I need to do between now and this, uh, between now and next month before um, it's time to record? So I know it's easy to get off track, guys. Shit comes up, crises happen, you get off track, you relapse, and that could be, you know, relapsing I'm talking about in this turn, in, in this uh, example of getting off track from taking consistent action on my goal. That was what I relapsed on. And now I'm back on track. And I know and believe that you can be too, if this sounds like you. So, all right. Hope you enjoyed our episode today. Thank you to Angela for being here in spirit. Uh, keep up the awesome work in your lab if you're listening. Uh, I really believe in what you're doing uh, and think that college students, especially people that have you know, struggling with mental health issues, it's important information to know, to know that it's not just the most talented people that succeed in this world. Uh, sometimes it's the people that just fucking persevere and that might be you. And having this idea of knowing about things like the growth mindset and that we have the potential to change our behavior and change how we perceive what we are capable of is really important and powerful and empowering knowledge. So hopefully that makes you feel better if you're at all worried about your ability to to progress and to succeed. So with that, this has been Derek, College Student Success Podcast, wishing you a great weekend, great rest of your week six. Peace. Peace.